If you could find your Bible, whether it's physically a Bible or it's, it's on a device, and, and turn with me to, to Romans chapter 8. We're just going to read a, a, a couple of verses together and uh, just talk to you today about the goodness of God. I believe, really believe he wants us to revel in his reality today. Part of the Christian journey is to join more and more in his reality and in a sense not deny ours but, but, but have his reality have more sway and more say in our life and also revel in his reality, what he did for us, what he bought for us on that cross and what he achieved for us in that resurrection. And I want to just believe that God wants to lift us into a greater enjoyment and experience of what he's already won for us through his death and resurrection. So if you found that Romans 8 right now, we're going to dive in at verse 31. And I'm reading the, uh, the ESV. It says, what shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? I love that scripture. If God is for us, who can be against us? And because he gave his son, he, he, he willingly gave his son. He will not also, how will he not give us graciously, freely all things? And the father, it, the father gave the son. In John 1, it says that the, the son came from the bosom of the father, from the very heart of the father, from the place of deepest intimacy, greatest and deepest possible intimacy is where Jesus came from. He was a treasured son. This was a big thing for the father to freely give the son and the son freely come to die for us. And the cross and the resurrection tell us in graphic detail and give us the utmost certainty that God is for us, that we are the objects of his desire and we are the objects of his affection. If he is for us, who can be against us? What does this mean? How can we maybe practicalize this more? Because I've encountered believers who know this, the truth. They can, they can tell me this verse, but perhaps aren't convinced of how strong or how practical this reality is for them in their day-to-day -day lives. And, and I've encountered thoughts like, well, God really isn't engaged with me. He's a little bit aloof, maybe even a little bit disinterested, or maybe he's a little bit aloof from me because my life isn't perfect. I've encountered thinking which says, well, he's letting us get on with things and he's checking in now and then to see how we're doing. Maybe, maybe with a bit of scorecard in hand, giving us points for how well we're doing. Or, or, or maybe also the thought that he's setting up roadblocks, he's setting up trials and tests for us deliberately to sort of test us, again, with the idea of scoring. Or, or maybe I've encountered some people think he's just trying to trip us up and see what it is that, how much he's got to put our way to get us to fold finally. Uh, this is more envisaging God as, as more like a PE instructor or, or even a personal trainer at the gym who's just getting us to lift heavier weights and there he is uh, checking in on our performance and testing us. And, and really that's not the picture of a good father and that's not the picture painted for us through what Jesus did did on the cross we have a good father and he shows his passion for us he shows his goodness in in the death and resurrection of jesus and it shows his willing his incredible willingness if you think about it the cross shows god's incredible willingness to engage with the worst of life 
And the resurrection shows his incredible ability to turn that worst of life, to turn those difficult things around and produce joy and breakthrough in life. Literally, it demonstrates in gory detail the willingness and his willingness and his ability to embrace and enter a hellish situation and turn it into good and turn it into breakthrough, turn it into salvation, turn it into grace and favor for the entire planet. This is God embracing difficulty, darkness, brokenness, and turning into light and joy and grace for everyone. It shows his absolute determination, his absolute passion to engage with us, to support us, to save us at the deepest and most profound levels so that we could say he is truly for us. And here's some of my thoughts on the way that that works out actually in our lives. I have, I have six points and you, you maybe have others, you maybe have things you could add to this. But, but here's some things that, that, that are real for me. First of all, that we have an unfair advantage. Years ago, we were trying to buy a, a house, our family. Uh, we had four children and they were all getting larger, becoming teenagers. We needed more space and we want to be a little bit closer to, to their schools. And we found this house and it was big and it was great. And then we couldn't sell ours. And then the market went crazy. It was very busy, uh, lots of competition. Months went by. We finally sold our house. We looked for others. Nothing did, nothing ticked the boxes like this house that had already sold. And then one day, Teresa felt, my wife felt prompted to go into this Tate agent and see if it, just see, that it come back. As she walked in, the agent said, you must be psychic. That house, now months, probably six months ago, has come back on the market today, and you've walked in. And we know that you must be psychic is non-Christian speak for you've got special help, or you've got someone washing out, watching over you, or you've got special powers. And all of those things are true of us as believers. So the outcome was... Even though the prices, has prices had accelerated, we got the house for the original price and we got a larger home for our family because we had, we had his special advantage working for us. Um, another example that involves Teresa again, uh, she just seems to be God's favourite in this. Uh, she worked for a large bank and uh, she actually was up for a disciplinary hearing because she'd helped an older man on the phone in a way that in terms of their regulation, it wasn't allowed. Um, and she was up for this disciplinary hearing and it could have been serious. But it just so happened the weekend before this hearing that the regulatory uh, body of the banking industry issued some new edicts that they've been thinking about for a while. And that meant that that product that Theresa had been involved with was no longer sold by the bank. And it meant that the, the disciplinary procedure was no longer appropriate. So it never happened and nothing went on her record. God organized the regulatory body of the UK financial industry to sit and talk and decide at that very time that meant she had an unfair advantage and got out of that situation scot-free. That just isn't fair, but that's what we have when God is for us. And you may think, well, that sounds a bit selfish, but actually it's selfish not to be blessed. Because the biblical way is that we're blessed to be a blessing. That was his program for Abraham and for his people ever since. And so we need to just learn how to enjoy partnering with his favor on our life that gives us that unfair advantage. It's how he works so that we could then be a blessing to others. Of course, the intention is that we just don't store it up for ourselves. 
but that we can be more and more liberal with what he blesses us with. And remember, because of his death and his resurrection, you're worthy of all his blessings. You've been made worthy of all his blessings. So number two, when, uh, when tests and trials come, and they surely do come, in the world we will have tribulation. Uh, and yes, we're going through that right now. Uh, but that happens to reveal what's in us. Uh, God never lets us get into a situation that we can't handle. I just want to quote a line from 2 Corinthians 10, 13. He says, we will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. Your current ability that he's built in you is enough for the current challenge that surrounds you. You've been prepped for this moment. You were born for this moment. You're alive for this moment. That's how God works. A simple thing for us earlier this week, we both, we both woke up a bit grumpy and that's not good in a marriage when both are grumpy on the same day and the same morning. It's not going to go well. Uh, uh, but Teresa caught herself and realized what was happening and came in and spoke to me and said, look, we can change this. We can tap in to a different mood. And, and encouraged by her, we both did. Later on, we prayed together and we had a good day. You know what? We didn't have to give in to the mood that was around us. We didn't have to give in to the funk that came upon us. She made sure that we revealed who and what was in us. So he trusts us to challenge, handle the challenges that we face because he's prepped us, but also because he is in us. He's not aloof from us. God is at work within us to will and work for his good pleasure every second of every day. Number three for me is he is our best coach. He is for us, so he's our best coach. He's our best encourager and significantly the best giver of wisdom. He freely gives wisdom the Bible says in, in the book of James 1 verse 5, he freely gives it without finding fault. That means he's, we're not disqualified from God's provision of wisdom. Even if we slipped up, we're not doing well. We can ask for wisdom and he's going to give it. I was super encouraged this week. Uh, Teresa was listening to one of uh, my great spiritual fathers and great spiritual influence, Bill Johnson. And, and he uh, gave an opinion on this current coronavirus outbreak and Teresa said he said exactly what you said and I'm like wow I haven't listened to him and I got it from heaven himself this praying for wisdom every day is working for me it's really good when when people that you really honor and respect like that and you think oh I'm hearing the same thing you feel affirmed you think maybe we're on the right track here so he's our best coach he's our best encouragement and he's the source of incredible wisdom for all of us if any of you lacks wisdom then ask God who gives generously and without reproach. Number four, he's for us because he's so relational. He's yearning to have more of us. He's yearning to fill us more. He eagerly desires literally to possess all of you, body, mind, spirit, emotion, every part of you. He loves to have intimacy with you and me from the inside out. His spirit flows from within. He provides life and joy, strength, he speaks to us. We're able to commune and speak with him. And, and this is the Passion Translation of James 4, 5. It says, The spirit that God breathed into our hearts is a jealous lover who intensely desires to have more and more of us. He desires more and more of me from the inside out. He desires more and more of you from the inside out. And he celebrates you. He has a high opinion of you. He has a passion for you. He loves to relate to you. And that's how he is towards us. That's who he is towards us. 
And we have, as a community, so many experiences of this corporately in worship and so many experiences of this individually, of experiences his pleasure, of experiences his joy, reveling in our time and our encounter with him. And he wants to refresh that in you today, wherever you are, when you're listening or watching to this, he wants to refresh your encounter with him. Let the joy of the Lord bubble up inside you. Let him have more of you. You don't have to work for it. You have to surrender to it. He's alive in you and you're alive in him. It's great to be relationally connected to him. We have absolutely undue and undeserved favor in this. And number five, he's for us because he loves to meet our needs. Jesus went around doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil. He healed the sick. He got people free of demonic oppression. He broke heaviness and brokenheartedness off people. Jesus modeled this and he still does. He's the same yesterday and today and forever. He loves to relieve need, to meet need, to get rid of suffering and pain from humanity. He loves mankind. He's for mankind. And this is the case for us today. He loves to heal the sick. He loves to heal the brokenhearted. And he's doing it now. And we need that now more than ever. I'm just remembering the woman I prayed for a few weeks ago who had had a car accident. And they said that, but the damage done to her neck, there was, there was no further things they could do. It was incurable, which meant that through a period of four weeks, her neck lost its movement more and more so that she could barely move it at all. And, and as we prayed and, and actually led her in a prayer to forgive the people that had, had uh, hit her with their car, uh, this neck freed up and this incurable thing got cured. Her neck was freed, her pain left, because that's what Jesus is doing. He's the same yesterday, today and forever. And the sixth thing I have is really he's for us because he helps us meet the needs of others, which is kind of what happened in that story. We've seen him do healing in our lives, but also he's commissioned us and given us the ability to meet the needs of others. He's teaching us to bring his goodness to others in deliverance, in words of encouragement, in wisdom, in healing the brokenhearted, in bringing healing and sharing the breakthroughs we have with other people who need it. Uh, we have many stories, actually, we can't share all of them, of deliverance that's been happening in, in, our, in our community over recent months. And they're a joy to behold. But obviously they're quite personal to the person. But that's setting the captives free. And he's doing that. And he wants us to do that for others. So if God is for us, who can be against us? We have an unfair advantage. Let's enjoy that. Let's believe for that. He's prepped us for the trials that we're facing. We're made for this moment. He lives within us. He's an amazing, amazing coach and encourager and, and a giver of incredible wisdom. He's incredibly, incredibly relationship, relationship, relational. And he wants to fill us from the inside out and possess more and more of us that we would know more and more of him. And he loves to meet our needs and he loves to work with us to meet the needs of others through his love, through his power and through his grace. So Jesus demonstrated that no amount of darkness or suffering, sin or difficulty can ultimately hold out against him in his light and his resurrection power. The grave couldn't hold him. Something had to give. And that's true for us today. There's nothing we are facing that can hold out against the awesome risen king. Ultimately, darkness has to flee because the light has come. So I don't know what you need today from him, what you need for yourself or your family, 
or maybe you're thinking of a friend or a neighbor or a colleague, let's pray for them right now that they would experience the benefit that we experience, the benefit of his blood shed for us, the, be- the benefit of his body broken for us, that we experience that in increasing measure, but we give that away to the people around us. So I'm just going to pray for us. Join in with me wherever you are in, in the city, wherever you are in the nation or in the nations. Heavenly Father, we bring to you today the things that we still need, the things where we still need breakthrough. And we thank you for the cross. We thank you for the resurrection. We thank you for the blessing and the goodness that flows to us from those incredible, powerful, beautiful acts. And we just bring our stuff to you today. We bring our mindsets to you today. We bring our reality to you today, as mixed up as it can be, as fraught sometimes as it can be. And we say, God, will you breathe on it? Will you breathe heaven on it? Will you breathe your reality into it? Will you bring peace? Will you bring healing? Will you bring provision? Many of us need miraculous provision right now. I just declare and release that provision into our environment and into our lives and into our bank accounts. And Lord, we pray for our friends and our neighbours. We pray for our colleagues that they that we would be conduits of hope, that we would be conduits of peace and joy, conduits of healing to them in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for all you've done for us. Thank you, Father, for all you're doing in us. Thank you, Father, for the, for the relationship we have with you, what we can experience from you. It's so good. And we are so privileged and we are so grateful. So we worship you today and we thank you today. Have an amazing week. Remember, he is for you. He, therefore, no one can be against you. Remember, he is in you. And remember, he is with you. God bless you.